Hey, thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Brad Cornell here again. My gosh, another Hope for Heroes podcast, The Weight of the Badge. Man, am I excited today. And look, at if you want to know more about Hope for Heroes, go to hopeforheroestx.org. You're going to want to make one of these greetings and one of these, uh, these op- the opportunity you might have to meet and greet some of our heroes coming in from San Antonio and Austin. And uh, it's an amazing situation. So go to the Bevy Hotel at 930 on a Saturday morning, have some coffee and have a a uh, breakfast taco, and just meet some incredible people. So go to HopeForHeroesTX.org and check that out. And hey, share the Weight of the Badge podcast with uh, your friends and family because it's amazing when us civilians get to hear just what our heroes do. So I am so blessed today to have, uh, you know, I have such heroes on that are just the top. And they are at the top shelf of what they do, which most all of them are. But when you have someone that's focused on doing something that's unusual, you just see what they do and how they train other people. So today, I have an uh, Austin Police Department officer, 28 years on the force. He's the highest-ranking non-commissioned officer in the Air Force Security Forces. I mean, you're talking about the top cop. I mean, he's over 43,000 airmen. He's a SWAT officer. He's also a member of the SWAT, I mean, the sniper team. Now, think about that, guys. We're talking to a sniper. Now, you know, just what they do is so specialized. And even though it's, you know, it's a negative, but it's a positive if you're on the other end as far as being saved. So um, I'm really excited to talk with him. And he also serves on, they have charities in Austin that are just fantastic. And uh, he serves on the Cops for Charities. And this is really exciting. In 2015, I've heard all about this. I haven't seen it, but um, it's called the Superheroes Program for Kids. And they go in, there's three or four officers and they dress up like Spider-Man and he just so happens to be Superman. But uh, there's just some different people that go and just bless these kids. They get the helicopter rides and all those kind of things. So I'm just excited to talk with this amazing hero we have. So help me welcome today to the Weight of the Badge podcast, Matt Harmatuck. Hello, Matt. Good morning, Brad, and thank you for having me, and thank you for everything you do for us. Well, hey, thank you, sir. Matt, I'm fired up to get to uh, to talk to you. I'm fired up every time I get to talk with one of our uh, elite, which you guys all are. I mean, you're just specialized in so many different things, and you guys are just always out there serving, you know, our communities and you know, that's what we're all about at Hope for Heroes is serving you and letting you know that we do care about you. You guys are heroes. Anytime that you're running in when I'm running out, <laughs> you're definitely my hero. So, hey, well, i tell you what, before we get rocking and rolling on a couple of things, tell me about um, your Cops for Charities. So Cops for Charities, um, our president is Bino, and basically we raise funds uh, to go out and support our officers and, and support additional charities as well. And so we were kind of doing it on the side um, and this kind of formalized and box who, you know, very well yes. um, is involved with it. And so we just do so much for our officers when uh, they have a time of need um, or are struggling. Uh, we, we support them and we get involved with other stuff as well. Like you'll see Bino out during the heat, uh, delivering AC units to community members. And I mean, so much, it goes on and on and on. So we, we have monthly meetings and, uh, we do so much. It's hard to just like narrow down. Yeah. But, uh, it's, 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 it's not only cops, but civilians that volunteer their time on the board that, uh, 
we raise money and we we support those causes. Bino's one fantastic guy. He's been to a Hope for Heroes event. And uh, absolutely, he is He's fantastic. Phenomenal. He yeah. has a gift. He does. Hey, this was really exciting. Also, is this superheroes program? I know you started that in 2015. Tell me what exactly, so the folks know exactly what that is. So, um, we partnered with our local children's hospital, Dell Children's Medical Center, and basically we just said, "Hey, we've seen these other entities, whether it's window washers or whatever, or other police officers, you know, dressing up like superheroes. How do we do this thing?" Holy cow, it took off, uh, bigger than I ever imagined. Um, so essentially, it's primarily made up of mostly the SWAT team and some other officers within the department who dress up as superheroes. We basically send the villains in, um, and we come in on the helicopters. We rappel down um, and spend basically the day with the children. There's, it can be up to as many as 200 kids in that hospital. Oh, on wow. A, a day. Yeah, and it's it's like no other that you've seen because there's an atrium area in there. So they can push all the kids into the hallways and it's like four or five story building. And, um, you can check us out on YouTube at Austin police superheroes. Um, we have two short films about it. Uh, but you better get some tissues ready. Cause it's, it's a tearjerker. Oh, uh, Austin then, police superheroes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Austin police superheroes. Oh, wow. And, you gotta uh, look this up. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And so the year two, we had a sponsor come in and said, hey, why don't you guys do this more and bought us like movie grade quality costumes. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. So now we go out there about three or four times a year or we'll just make random visits out there. So it's been a phenomenal partnership. We'll be going out there again later this year. So it's wow. just it's just awesome. And it's the kids stop thinking about what is going on in their life and they focus on some positivity. Um, and we bring that to them by going in there. So yeah, well, it's that's, pretty awesome. that's, that's what this, that just showing them love, man. That's just really exciting that you guess that you, that you do that. Now I know that, I know that, um, you're also, and I just want you to, to people to understand just how amazing this is, but you're the highest ranking non-commissioned officer in the air force security forces. What exactly is that? So, um, I also serve in the Air Force Reserves. I'm on my 30th year with them. Um, so basically, the Air Force's version of military police is called Security Forces now. The title has changed over the years. Um, I was honored this year to be selected as the career field manager. Some people refer to it as the top cop. Actually, the general is technically the top cop. But um, there's an active duty guy, and I'm his reserve counterpart. And so basically all law enforcement in the Air Force, I help manage that career field for the Air Force. So it's a tremendous honor to be selected. Uh, big responsibility, however. I think wow. my experiences and, and, and motivation and, and uh, influences to help better the career field, uh, I'm excited to take my career and, and, and make it as best as I can within the next several years that I have left. So, wow. Well, thank you for all your service. Yeah. My word. I just, you know, I, I feel like I do nothing when I talk to you guys. <laughs> I'm like worthless. <laughs> yeah. I listen to you read my resume and I'm like, holy cow. I, I've been busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a book. Well, well, man, and that's over like 43,000 airmen would be under you or under your, your guide. Yeah, we share that responsibility, but yeah, the general reminds me of that just so, you know, yeah, 
<laughs> what you do, what you do. You're a super, you're a superhero to more than just the kids. Well, hey, you know, what we do on this program, which I just love to do, is to find out, you know, once you guys put the yellow tape up and we don't get to see anything, we don't know how things happen from hostage negotiating to snipers to, you know, really, we don't know a lot of things out here. We just assume, and that's the worst thing you can do. So I'm excited to have you on just to ask you a few questions that we might be thinking about as a sniper, because that's just such a, you know, you see all the TV and you see all the different things, but how it really works. And, the, you know, you guys are heroes and it means a lot to, uh, to just know how things operate. So let's just take as the, I know you're on the sniper team for the SWAT, for the SWAT uh, officers. And so how exactly do you become a sniper? So within our, each team's a little bit different. So within our team, um, obviously you become a police officer first and then you try out for SWAT. Um, and then if you get selected to the SWAT team, becoming a sniper within, uh, the team is something that would happen several years down the road where we kind of identify that you've got the skill set, the personality, the uh, requirements to take on that responsibility because it's it's kind of like no other within the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's so many other additional roles within the team, so you kind of specialize, but um, you're kind of operating a lot on your own, if not in pairs. So um, certain guys become interested in it. They kind of you kind of get selected and vetted at the same time, and then you go through a pipeline and you go through additional training, and then once you've been kind of essentially blessed off, that's your responsibility. So it's it's additional additional responsibility to everything else you have within SWAT. So yeah, um, and it's got to yeah. be psychologically you got to have your psych your psych under control. I mean, you've got to have your act together because it seems like it would be so personal, kind of when you take that shot, you know. So. How so? You're you're the sniper, and when what incidents? When there's an incident, when do you know there's a sniper needed? Is it just it's part you're part of the SWAT team, and all of a sudden it's like, uh oh, this has escalated. We got a problem, and now you kind of kick in, or is it is it known? Do they call you? Well, so almost every situation that we're involved with, snipers are going to be deployed. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that everybody kind of puts the emphasis on the lethal force engagement part of it, whereas our primary mission is to observe and report. Um, so we could get in and out of positions and we could see much more than the average eye on the ground. And so oh, we spend a lot of our time, a lot of our time um, moving into positions where we can observe and report and, and dictate and see what's going on um, when others can't. Well, that's so, interesting. I, I never thought of yeah. it, but you're right. Yeah, you guys are always moving around, so you can get that's – a, that's a great point. So, yeah. If you, we're doing it right, you'll never know we're there. We minimize our impact on the community. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. So, let me ask you this question. How do you – who determines when to take this, for the lack of a better word, when to take the shot? Well, so that – on the on the surface level, look, I'm still a police officer. Any sniper is still police officers. They're still regulated by the laws and departmental policies. So for the outsider looking in, it's like, when do you know? Well, it's no different than a patrolman on the street. Like, when do you know? So you've got to reinforce that through training, discussions, experiences. And so that I've got to justify that no differently than the patrolman on the ground has to. So you figure by the time you've been vested or vetted, 
for that role, you've been identified as somebody that is very articulate at justifying use of force. So, yeah, looking out, you're like, holy cow, when? But, like, years of experience. We're not taking a brand-new yeah. cadet and putting him in that role. Like, you've got an experienced officer who's taking on that role. We're just putting unique situations as SWAT. We specialize. We're no better than anybody else. We just specialize in certain in certain areas. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So when it, when it, when the incident escalates, I guess when you say, you know, this is a, yeah, I guess it would be the kind of the last thing you have to do. I mean, it's like you've tried everything. I would, yeah. Uh, in certain cases, right? Like sometimes you get there and, you know, you, you know, lethal force is needed right off the bat. Yeah. Um, we had an incident where the guy was shooting directly at our helicopter. Like, oh, you don't have time to sit there and, you know, yeah. negotiate with this guy and be like, Hey, can you please stop that? Like, <laughs> we're, you know, and odds are when we get called out there, like cops are already there. So like things have gotten worse. Yeah. They don't call SWAT just first off. Do they? I mean, it's, it, you're right. yeah. Just so you know, Brad, like you can't pick up the phone and call us. We're not coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We support the rest of the department. Right. So yeah. like, we're a support entity. So uh, people say, well, oh, my God, that job is so dangerous. I beg to differ. Whereas your patrolman who's by himself gets a 911 hangup call and he's got minimal armor, minimal equipment, and he's having to walk up to a house by himself in the middle of the night. Like, that to me is more dangerous. Lord knows it ain't no easy task keeping us safe. Under the weight of the bag. Folks, if you haven't been to a Hope for Heroes greeting, you're probably wondering what it's all about. What we do is get an officer and their family from around the state of Texas. They come into town. They have a free room here at the Bevy Hotel. They know they're getting that, and they're going to get a gift card for the town. They pull in, but they have no idea when they pull up to the front lobby that inside that lobby is a ton of people just waiting for them. The reason is, is we care so much about what our heroes do and how special they are that when they walk in that lobby, oh my word, they get blasted with how much we love them, how special they are. And of course, the people that are showing up, they show up at 930 in the morning, get some breakfast tacos and some coffee and just fellowship until the officers get there. And it's an experience that you're not going to want to miss. Let's get back to our hero carrying the weight of the badge. Kids praying by his bed. He said, I'm going to be. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point because we don't realize that, you know, sometimes we think the officer that pulls up is uh, is no big deal because SWAT's coming. No, he makes a determination. He's the one. You're right. He puts his life on line first to the, to the incident. And then once they assess it, then they know, okay, it's time to call in the horsepower a little bit more than we need. We thought we'd need. Which is, yeah. of course, SWAT. It's just a, it's just a, you guys are such an elite force. How do you train? When I talk, about, when you talk about a sniper, I mean, you know, I'm thinking, of course, you know, I love to hunt and fish and all that, but and I'm a good shot, but not that good of a shot because it's a giant deer, you know. But I mean, do you, <laughs> do you, um, do you train like 100 yards or 20? I mean, how do you train for that? Because you've got to be so such a marksman. How how does that situation happen well so you basically write everything on the board as to what you need to know and then you base you, you build your training plan around that so if we're not out doing operations or supporting other entities within the department we're probably more likely training or teaching okay. and so guys have to become not only 
officially uh, doing that training, but unofficially, like they need to be responsible for making sure that they're they're skilled up to do that stuff. So, yeah, marksmanship's one part of it. So, and then there's so many other things. Uh, yeah. We recently bought a sniper school, and we put a list up of everything you're expected to know, and it's got to be close to a hundred items. And people are like, wow, yeah, it's not just marksmanship. It's all this other stuff. And oh, by the way, you got to be good at it, man. You can't have an off day and you're held to that standard. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the senior guys and the leadership of a team such as ours is ensuring that we're getting the proper training and the right training uh, to perform those skills under stress. Wow, that's yeah, yeah, under stress, exactly. Under chaos, you had a chaos, chaotic situation. How far, what's the furthest you train? Do you train at 100 yards or does it, it just kind of doesn't, doesn't make any difference because you've just whatever the situation is, you've, you've trained for it. So we can go out to a thousand, but like I say, a thousand yards, like that's just to show the skill. But honestly, as an urban SWAT team, like generally we're in, we're normally within a hundred yards or historically speaking, um, based on more, most law enforcement engagements over the last 25, 30 years, you're probably within 60 yards. Okay. Because yeah, we're, you know, we're across the street from another structure because of the urban trade. Yeah. Now, if you're out in a County somewhere, you might be further out. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, it's not, yeah, you see these long shots, but we you know that's different, right? So you talked a little bit about my military stuff. Like military snipers are different. They're sit out, you know, the the roads in Afghanistan, they're watching a road for up to a thousand yards away. So you're more likely to see those shots out in uh deployment for military, but for law enforcement snipers, we're up close and it's a lot quicker. So they're even within the sniper community, they're two separate roles basically. Wow, if you can hit something at a thousand yards, that is amazing when you think about it. Gosh darn. They don't even hear it. I mean, just you know, that's a friend of mine <laughs> this is off topic, but a friend of mine, he's he's he does that. He's a he does all the training. He's not a uh, officer, but he goes out uh, hog um groundhog hunting out like Wyoming and they're yeah. eight or nine hundred yards away. And those little guys are standing there talking to each other, and he lets the air out of one. He said, it "Just it just drops," and the little buddies out there going, "What the heck happened to him?" You know, at a thousand yards, they don't even hear the shot. So they have matches that are thousand yard matches. And see, that's all those guys and gals do is they they shoot thousand yards because there's a lot of skill because all the impact and things that affect your marksmanship with a uh, high precision rifle like that um, yeah. is magnified. So if you're at fifty yards, it's really it's a it's a non-entity right the non-factor yeah but at a thousand yards like you've got to have skill and data and stuff to make those shots but when you you do do it you're like okay yeah i did something yeah, <laughs> so yeah no it's not easy. <laughs> but you know what you're talking about a thousand fifty i could probably get you to hit it brad but like a thousand <laughs> that's you know yeah that's that's, still- that's some serious training man i'll tell you you guys are amazing that's uh what do you is there a certain gun you use all the time is it one caliber that um is used or do you use multiple calibers uh generally the industry industry standard for law enforcement snipers is 308 round currently oh okay yeah that'll that'll pretty much do it well doggone it i'll tell you there's some incidents that you've been involved in that you were right at the edge and then but stop i mean is, does that happen a lot too it does um it doesn't happen a lot but you know like close calls um 
or where I was, you know, about to use Leap of Force. But um, I, I think that's where our team really shines. Yeah. Um, just because you can use force doesn't mean you have to. Um, but it's statistically proven that SWAT teams save lives. And we absolutely are going to, that experience shows, um, especially under stress, um, because that's what we specialize in training. So I think, you know, we've been on a lot of instances where we walk away and like, man, that person did not know how close they were to doing, (laughs) but you have, you know, over the years you've seen where, um, these people, they want, you know, they're trying to get the officer to shoot them for whatever reason, you know, they've got something going on in their life. And so, you know, I can quickly pull my phone out and point it at you, right? Like, have we seen those kind of instances? So you got to be disciplined enough. And we've had that. And we, uh, knock on wood, did not shoot those individuals because of the training. We were able to quickly recognize that. Now, I'm not discrediting anybody who had shot it because, once again, try doing that under stress in less than a split-second decision. And they're they're manipulating that phone in a manner you would like a gun. Like that's an articulable fact. You're so, right. And I've gone on YouTube and watched that where the guy reaches in his truck and it goes. You think is he grabbing a gun or a phone? And he he uh, grabs his phone. Well, those guys. It, I've I've been online and done those, and I've shot every one that had a phone. I mean, I'm like a bad. I did. I'm like I just you just thought it's just amazing what you guys the instant that you've got to make that decision. But folks, you need to go online and you can try that with a guy's reaching in and don't you know if it's a gun or a phone or something else. And man, I'll tell you, if you're not trained, we lose every time. Just so do do what the cops ask you. Um, but you know, like, why are you making furtive movement like that? Yeah. When you now you've got police on scene that are giving you directions. <laughs> Well, my so there's dad, another right? Yeah, my dad told me a long time ago when I was in a, a Ute that uh, all you have to do is comply. And if you don't comply to an officer, then you deserve everything you get, son. So don't be coming to me about nothing. And that's all. If this world would just comply when an officer says stop, just stop. <laughs> Life would be much easier for everybody. So it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. I don't know, Brad. I came up during those same times and I say the same thing, but like, you know, we'll have an incident, you know, say in an apartment complex, like everybody brings their family outside to come watch the SWAT team. (laughs) You know, there's rounds being fired off or something at us. And it's just like, and they bring their kids and it just, it's mind boggling. That's nuts, isn't it? Well, the thing is, I think you have. And they all got their phones out. (laughs) Yeah. Nowadays you got, that's right. Everything that's got to give you a second thought too. Cause you got to know like everything's on camera. I mean, everything's being filmed. It's just. Well, we're filming it too. So every, every one of us has a camera. So that's not a big deal. Like, yeah, it's true. Thank God. they It's the fact that you're willing to like go outside and put yourself and your family in harm's way. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's something going on. There's bullets yeah. flying around. Yeah. Uh, just ridiculous. Now, I didn't ask you this. Are you married, Matt? Yes. Okay, because I'm sorry I didn't ask you that to begin with. And kids? Yeah, I've got a uh, 26-year-old trying to figure out its way through life. Oh, okay. Well, so how's your wife handle the SWAT situation? It's just she knows it's part of the job. And I know, you know, I always call the wives the superheroes because they never know when if they're you're coming home or not. And um, they are just amazing, the wives. And so is she, I'll, of course, after 28 years, I guess she's just, but she's still got to be a little bit, you know, sometimes thinking, I hope he's okay. 
Well, so she swore she'd never uh, marry a cop. Oh, really? But, yeah. Nah, so, she married a superhero, uh, though. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. Yeah, she's uh, she's starting to uh, she's starting to tap the watch and look at me and like, hey, are you done having your fun yet? But um, you know, uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan. There was a couple times we got attacked, and I was on Skype with her. Oh, um, yeah. And so, like, you know, you jump jump under your bed or into your gear and whatever. And so, yeah. Um, so she knows. Um, she actually does a good job of like coordinating the wives within the team and oh, stuff great. like that. Great. What a blessing she is. Yeah. But the, she's, she's about done with my fun. Um, so <laughs> what do you have another two years till you're going to uh, 30 years? You're going to say, uh, I'll, be, I'll be wrapping it up here soon. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. And, uh, but she, uh, yeah, absolutely hats off to her. I signed up for this. She didn't. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I, I, yeah, I couldn't do it without her. So yeah, well, that's yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. That's I'm really happy to hear that, and you let her know that we do believe it here at Hope for Heroes. She is a superhero, and I just uh, I'm just so blessed to have friendships with you know all the cops and the SWAT guys like you, Matt. That are so how you do what you do is amazing. And we just I just want to take our hat off to you guys, and we pray for you every day because what you do is not an easy task. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on to Hope for Heroes, the podcast here at the Weight of the Badge, and just share some of your wisdom and give us a better understanding how things work. And um, it really is it really is serious when you call SWAT, ladies and gentlemen. You need to back off and realize they don't. It gets me is when you run. It's not like you you guys never quit. You never go. Ah, he ran too far. That's it. Ah, it's too much hassle. Let's go home. <laughs> like it's going to be over one way or the other. Even though it sounds like it's such a simple thing, it's amazing what people do when SWAT pulls up. Wow, that's serious business, buddy. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Brad. Uh, it's a tremendous honor to be on with you. Please, I can't thank you enough for what you do. I hope that uh, your project is infectious to the community uh, because that's what law enforcement needs right now. Um, I've seen, I travel the country and I talk with other entities around the country and uh, involved with a lot of other organizations. And uh, I I think when people start looking and seeing the amount of numbers that are going down, uh, they need our support more, uh, you know, law enforcement needs your support more than ever. And um, what you're doing is on the right path to that. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Matt. And again, we appreciate you, appreciate all you guys do. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said before, you know, whenever you get a chance to support our police officers, our first responders, you need to do it. So Matt, thank you again for coming on. And we look forward to meeting you down here. Maybe a uh, Hope for Heroes event, bring your wife down and we'll be honored to, uh, to serve you like you serve us. So we thank you and we will catch you again. Again, Matt Harmatuck, SWAT officer, 28 years, sniper, and you know, oh, you know, as I was say, Matt, what we get a snipers, it's American sniper we think of. And so when you don't take the shot, it can sure be a blessing also. So yeah, that's where we that's where all of us guys get our our information, the old American snipers on TV. But uh I want to thank you, brother. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you again. Thanks again for listening to Hope for Heroes, Way to the Badge podcast. Catch us next week and make sure you go online, hopeforheroestx.org. Check out what happens. Check out what we do. It's a charity also. It's all through your giving is the only way we get to bring our officers to town. So we thank you for your support. And this is Brad Cornell, Hope for Heroes and Weight of the Badge podcast. 
Hey, so glad you joined me today. Now you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. All the best.